Thrive, flourish, unleash your buried treasure. This is the Exponentially Empowered Podcast with Joel Bine. Through conscious action and authentic self-connection, empower yourself to write your own script. Hey everyone, it's Joel. Happy 2021. Coming to you today from the Austin, Texas metropolitan area, New Year's Day. And I'm thrilled to kick off season three. I want to riff today. Riff on all angles, perspectives of achievement, habits, goal setting, intrinsic motivation, dreaming big versus next actions. All of these different angles that I have on this topic, and I want to sort this out for you. I want to sort this out for you because people, when they enter the new year, have a number of different ways to think about this stuff, and people get locked into one way of thinking and results in this sort of dogma. It's either, you know, resolve to change your life in these three ways, and I'm going to all of a sudden start doing this. And kind of willing yourself to change. And then there's this idea of, you know, New Year's Day is not any different than any other day. So forget New Year's resolutions. And you, if you really want to change your life, then you would change your life on December 1st or July 1st, etc. So let's just throw away the idea of New Year's resolutions and so on. And how can we... Instead, take the opportunity to say this is a new year, as arbitrary as it may be. It is a psychological page turn, and there's always a chance to refresh and recalibrate. But why not do it when there is this sort of agreed-upon holiday and calendar change? Why not reflect? But the, the thing is, how are you going to actually go about implementing what you want to create in your life? So this is what I want to, this is what I want to riff on today. So let's start. Let's talk about intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is what creates long-term evolution, transformation in your life. So often... People resort to this 30-day challenge mindset and forcing oneself to do a habit X or habit Y without actually examining the psychology, the psychology and the purpose behind what they're doing, not examining the why that's underneath the how and the what. So let's just drop this slab of concrete down, and now I will wake up every day at 5 a.m., Command yourself to do it because I'm going to be productive. And it's this sort of demand of yourself that is not becoming integrated with your intrinsic motivation and your sense of aliveness and joy and motivation from your core. It's extrinsically motivated. Even if you're choosing to do it, no one else is telling you to do it. But it's extrinsically motivated from a psychological standpoint. You are commanding and demanding that you do something just like a teacher did when you were a kid. You must do this homework assignment by this time. It is the exact same psychological mechanism. 
And you're talking to yourself like that. And that's not going to create long-term transformation that matters. And it's not going to create daily joy. So intrinsic motivation is about finding practices and the mindsets and approaches that are actually going to be life enriching so that when you are engaging in a particular action habit, you are doing that from a place of self-love. You're doing that from a place of desire because you see the benefits of it. And that's going to be enjoyable in the moment. It's going to be enjoyable in the moment. Extrinsic motivation is forceful. It's coercive on the self. But you might say, oh, but it works. It works. Jocko Willink gets up at 4.45 a.m. every single day. No negotiation. Doesn't matter how sleepy he is. Doesn't matter what he feels like doing. And he does it. He executes on it. And he gets things done. Because he's up first. Okay? I grant that. I grant that for Mr. Jacko Willink. The question is, what are the costs? What are the costs in this sort of concrete dropping approach? This implementation without examination. Implementation without examination. What are the parts of him inside of his mind, in his internal landscape? What are they thinking about that choice to wake up at 445? Is he denying and disowning parts of himself? Let's just forget about Jocko. Any, anyone, you, when you decide to create and implement a habit, I, w- I resolve to do this. Well, what do the other parts of you have to say about that? Are you pushing those away and overriding them and squashing them and suppressing them and pushing them and not acknowledging them? Is that going to cultivate a sense of harmony within your own mind and a sense of intrinsic motivation? No. So there's going to be a high cost to your daily life. You're not going to live the good life. You're not going to live the good life. You're not going to live with a sense of aliveness and curiosity and excitement. And you're going to be able to execute potentially, but the day-to-day costs will be very high because you will be disciplining yourself. And then these parts of you that you're shunning are going to be disintegrated from you, disintegrated so even if you successfully scale your business, well, what is that doing to your happiness quotient if you're engaging in particular actions from a place of force in the psyche? But you might say, Joel, you can't simply just follow your whims. You can't simply... Only wait until you're inspired to act. Make creativity a habit. Make execution something that you do as a non-negotiable. Because some days you're not going to feel like getting up. You simply need to get up because that's what you do. Oh, well, 
I grant you truth in that statement as well. And this is what really this podcast is about is philosophy and psychology, because all these different angles have value in them, right? The idea of make sure that you are inspired and alive and excited and curious to engage in an action. And the idea of don't wait for inspiration, excitement, and aliveness, but simply engage in the action as a means of consistent execution as a habit, non-negotiable. Both of these sides of the coin have value from which to extract, which is why the real message here is personal development is personal. Personal development is play. Personal development is non-dogmatic. It's customized. You need to figure out how something is true for you. How a particular perspective makes sense and how you can incorporate that into your flow. And to get curious about what is the essence of the meaning of that statement, of that claim. What is the actual meaning behind the words? People get locked in to this statement X means this on face value rather than, okay, what is the context? What are the nuanced definitions of the words involved in that statement? And how could I pull value from that? So this is the philosophical approach to personal development. It's a playful, curious approach, which is why philosophy is more valuable than a particular tip or technique about how to do something, what to do it to change your life. It's not about the what to do to change your life. It's about why you're doing it and how does that make sense for you? Are you understanding the, are you connecting the dots? of how you're incorporating a particular philosophical perspective. So in the case of not negotiating, let's say getting up at a certain time, there's value in that to say, I'm not going to just listen to my immediate impulse to do a certain behavior, but it's just going to be something that I do. I get up at 5.45 a.m., period. There's nothing else to think about. There is value in that. There's a wonderful book by Twyla Tharp, choreographer, called The Creative Habit, where she would get up every morning at 5 a.m., call the taxi, and head to the gym. That kicks off her morning routine, and then she's off to choreography. And there was no thought about this. There was no willpower. There was no decision fatigue. There's no negotiation. There's no checking in necessarily about how she's feeling about it because she's going to do it no matter what. Now, how does that align with intrinsic motivation? Right? Because earlier I'm saying, don't just pour down these concrete implementation strategies and not check in with your inner psychology and these parts of yourself, right? Okay. So how could both of these sides of the coin integrate to make truth? Well, do you see the bigger perspective and the why behind the execution of the habit? So have you made a front-loaded choice, a decision in advance that is intrinsically motivated, that is intrinsically motivated, where you see 
the bigger picture of the value and the benefits of waking up early to execute on a morning routine, for example. And you know that doing that on a consistent basis will pro- provide results that you desire truly. And so you've made the decision in advance from a place of intrinsic motivation. Now, I grant you this is, does get a little bit granular and tricky here because then you make the, the decision in advance and then you, you, you know, the alarm goes off at 5.45 a.m. and then this other part of you says, I want to sleep. I want to sleep. Are you going to deny that part? Well, this is where it comes to psychology. And the more we can heal these parts of ourselves to build self-trust, we can have less of these inner conflicts. And that's the longer game as well. Philosophy is a long game. Psychology is a long game. So thanks for bearing with me. I'm kind of getting into this nuanced territory. But that's sort of the point of the podcast here is create nuance in your thinking. So the alarm goes off 5.45 a.m. And part of you doesn't want to get up. But you've already made the decision in advance to be intrinsically motivated to get up. Well, you know, there's a couple different approaches you might take there where, A, you want to trust your previous self, right? Your previous self made that inspired, intrinsically motivated decision to do that action consistently. So even if that part of you doesn't want to get up, if you can tap into the previous self that made that inspired decision, even if you don't really feel it in the moment, it just comes down to trusting, having a faith in your previous self that this is the right decision. And perhaps even having that little dialogue with the part of you that doesn't want to get up. Having that brief dialogue, hey, I see you you're feeling sleepy, you don't want to get up. Let's trust this. Now, maybe you say that's too much. It's too much. We don't, we don't want to have all that inner dialogue that's going to end up creating indecision. Fair enough. But again, I'll go back to the second pillar here, which is psychology and self-knowledge is really a higher lever than any particular tip and technique. Philosophy, psychology are your foundational pillars for personal growth. Not take tip X and implement it. Take advice Y and incorporate it. Because it worked for somebody else. No. That's why personal development doesn't transpire effectively over the long term for so many people. Now, there's value in simply testing out a certain action. There's value in all these self-help tips. But the biggest value is philosophy and psychology. Are you playfully, curiously trying to understand how particular advice makes sense? What's behind the words, the meaning behind the words? And are you developing your own self-connection and self-knowledge and self-love and inner harmony and inner integration of the parts of self so that you are not constantly in this conflict 
within the psyche in, to do, do a particular habit. To do a particular habit. If the, the more that you engage in the long-term permea- permeation of self-knowledge work, of integration work, of trauma healing work, of compassion understanding of inner critics work, that is going to create a long-term ability to make enriching choices for oneself. Those are the anchors. Philosophical thinking and the psychological thinking. The psychological framework, the philosophical framework. So the more you're working on healing these deep parts of yourself and unearthing them rather than suppressing them and dialoguing with them and building self-trust integration, then it doesn't become such a difficult task. All this talk, like just take the health and fitness industry alone, just dieting alone. This term dieting has this connotation of short term, basically, and forcing yourself to do something you don't like to do. I'm on a diet. And that's why most people don't actually transform their nutritional lifestyle because they're coming at it from a place of willpowering their way through something and not working on the deepest roots of this stuff, which is the healing, the real work. To not force yourself to do things. So this is, this is patchwork, right? All this New Year's resolution stuff with, I'm now going to do this. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to start a business. You know, this is the typical stuff that people feel excited about and then want to execute on. And that excitement is valid and wonderful. But if we're avoiding the deeper work of the psychological, then we're not fostering that long game transformation. Because sooner or later, those deeper parts of yourself who are getting suppressed are going to want to come back. And that's when you have people going to the diets and then they all of a sudden have a binge day and they, and then they feel guilt and shame. There's all this stuff that's not worked out. The guilt and shame comes up about any habit though, about any habit. So the real work is the psychology and the philosophy. Let's talk more about this concept of habits and how that connects to intrinsic motivation. Because habits really are the how and the what. And having the intrinsic motivation underlying that, having the perspective on why you're doing something, that really is going to fuel the habits. But again, there's not... It's not just that these, the concept of habits is invalid. You know, I, re- I read last year James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, and he really gets into the nuts and bolts of 
something like habit stacking and the, the triggering of habits, the cue. You know, you leave out your gym shorts in the morning and then that triggers you later to put on the gym, gym, short, gym shorts. Then that triggers your mind to go to the gym because now you're wearing the gym shorts. So there's sort of this brain kind of chemistry stuff going on where you have these relationships with objects around you and your environment around you. And you have habit stacking, like you create morning routines where first you meditate and then that triggers the mind. Okay, next I'm going to journal because I just meditated. Next I'm going to take a walk because I just journaled and you create sequences that are automated and that can create a lot of beautiful results if you understand the mechanism of habit formation and habit stacking and how the the the, the way habits work are through this process of a cue that triggers you to execute the habit and then when you feel good about doing that habit that that um sort of secures it the the continuation of the habit. So that's sort of the nuts and bolts that that James Clear out outlines in Atomic Habits and it's very valuable. But again, we want to have the deeper motivation fueling everything and the understanding of the bigger picture of why we're doing something. So you want to have this connection between a specific action and the 50,000 foot view. Right, so David Allen in his book Getting Things Done talks about this metaphor of the runway for the airplane. First, you need to get the runway clear of debris, then you can take off. And when you're at that 50,000 foot level, that's like your greater life's purpose and your mission, your why. And that executes all the way down to, you know, he says like 40,000 feet horizon is your five to 10 year vision. 30,000 foot horizon is that three to five year vision. 20,000 is your air, sort of areas of responsibility, the different buckets of responsibilities in your life. And 10,000 is the specific projects. And then the runway is the actual next action steps. I might have, you know, modified that a little bit unintentionally, how he lays it out. But the idea is there's this trickle down effect between next actions and the deeper, bigger, greater purpose that the 50,000 foot horizon. So if you're clear on how those dots connect, that's going to fuel intrinsic motivation. And thus you will have a higher chance of actually, you know, executing on getting up at 545 in the morning, etc. Because you're seeing, okay, when I do this morning routine, first thing early in the morning, create this deeper, do this deep work, you know, high leverage activity that's going to pump up my career, that's going to bring me income, that's going to, you know, build my confidence, it's going to bring me uh, this deeper meaning because I'm working on this particular project, this purpose, and this is creating more autonomy in my life and I can have more freedom to travel. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons why you engage in a specific step. So if you're disconnected with the why and you're too chicken visioned in to the runway, I just got to get things done. Oh, I got to make sure I get up early. And then you forgot why you forgot why. Cause there's not a fluid, there's not a fluid connection between the specific step and the 50,000 foot 
purpose. There's like it's like if you have a hose, a garden hose, and you kind of squeeze it right, and that blocks off the flow of the water. And so we need to have a continually clear channel of of flow between the next step and the fifty thousand foot purpose. This is why the, the getting things done methodology by David Allen is so valuable because it helps you get control of all your different tasks. And when you put things in their places, then your head is not cluttered with thoughts and reminders. And then you have space to think clearly about your deeper purpose, your higher purpose, your 50,000 foot level. Because you have cleared the runway and you have actual brain ram to see that higher purpose, to see the, the, uh, the sun that is behind all the clouds because you've cleared the clouds. So if you can get in flow with your, your why, like if you want to make six figures because you want to raise children 10 years from now, you want to raise your children and be present for them. In 10 years from now, you want to have such financial flexibility that you don't have to be working tons of hours during the week to just to get by. But you have such financial flexibility that you can spend a large percentage of your time with your children. Whoa, that's a deep, that's a deep motivation, isn't it? So if you stay connected to that why, that could be years in the future. That is creating intrinsic motivation, right? So then you get up at 540. Let's just stay with the 540 a.m. getting up kind of uh, example, but can apply to any particular new action you want to take in your life. If you see the purpose viscerally, and you feel the connection. Oh, this will create a ripple effect into the future to achieve this future state. That can foster the intrinsic motivation you need to not lose steam. You might have a, that two-week period of, oh, I'm so excited to do this. And then, right, people stop going to the gym in February because they forget why they're doing it. And they're not enjoying it, etc. So this goes to another angle on this. You know, I said at the beginning of the podcast, I, just, I want to riff and and shine lights from these various angles. So I hope this is valuable. And again, it goes back to the philosophy and psychology the philosophy, meaning how can you incorporate particular vantage points into your way of thinking to, to live in a nuanced way that, that is customized to yourself. So let's talk about execution versus dreaming, right? Again, we have two sides of the coin, and we can see both sides matter. You read a book like The Master Key System by Charles Hanel or Hanel, or a book like Thick and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, which I haven't read yet, but my, my friend keeps uh, inspiring me. And Napoleon Hill was directly influenced by, by Charles Hanel in The Master Key System. So these books are talking about deep, the, the law of attraction stuff, the deep, um, big visioning, right? Visceral visualization of what you want and planting into the subconscious, the, the aim, the objective 
and envisioning with wild success what you want to experience in the future. So this is highly valuable. But then the people who get in binary thinking mode say law of attraction is bogus. You can't simply manifest things by envisioning them. And it becomes this black and white thinking that's a reflection of their childhood experience as an aside. But if we have a nuanced thinking about it, we see that the law of attraction and visualization is very, very valuable because you will not create something that you don't have a picture of. So then we need to integrate the other side of the coin, which is the, the daily execution. And my particular slant on this is that the latter, the daily execution, is more valuable than the visualization. In terms of, maybe not more valuable, but it is needs more attention, right? And it needs more time commitment. If we spend the vast majority of our time visualization and less majority of our time, minority of our time in execution, it's not going to be appropriately balanced, right, to actually achieve what we want. So we want to regularly visualize the experience we desire and then execute. I, I, I think this is where the 80-20 principle comes in. So I have a blog post called 80% zoom in, 20% zoom out. You want to have that 20% time of visualization of the desired outcome, of what does what wild success look like, and then get to the action. Execution, execution, execution. Right? So it's like four to one ratio of execute to visualization. This is my particular slant on this. That's how it works for me. Maybe it's not the same ratio for you. I think that most people actually get too stuck in the... In, in one side or the other, right? basically, where most people are either just not having the courage to dream big at all, and then they're executing, but they're not have they don't have the, the, the greater vision, so they don't really get very far. Or they're not executing in the high lever high leverage activities. And then those people who are, who are getting overly sided with the the visualization, and then they trick themselves into thinking that they're actually making progress simply by visualizing what they want. And then not doing the work in the moment. So I, I say four to one ratio, 80, 80, 20 kind of philosophy here. Where you got to just get, get down and dirty and roll your sleeves up and do the daily specific work that's going to move the needle forward. So this is where I think that goals, right? Goals are not particularly helpful. And James Clear also agrees with that in, in Atomic Habits. Like, what matters is the daily habits, right? The daily habits are the, the, the thick of it. The bread and butter is what you actually do, right? So you want to take this sort of short-term approach of what am I going to do today, not like just what's my bigger goal to achieve 6, 12 months from now. Well, you can't achieve a goal. You can't achieve a goal by pressing a button, now the goal is achieved. The goal is achieved by a product of accumulation and compounding of daily habits. So this is where the philosophy of non-zero days is extraordinarily helpful. So here's another wonderful angle. I'll link to this in the show notes. The video, about six minutes long, by the one and only T.K. Coleman. Uh, called, I believe it's called The Power of Non-Zero Days, or it's, it's about non-zero days. And 
TK and I talked about that once when, when I was on his podcast. And this is just the idea of don't skip a day towards your dreams. Make your dreams something that is, again, a habit. Like Twilight Tharp getting up every morning and doing her, her workout and then getting to their choreography. So, so this is the, ex, the daily execution of, of pursuing your dreams as a professional activity. And not skipping a day. And as long as you do at least one thing a day, don't let the, 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 the 24 hours of the day go by without you doing at least one, one small task to move a project forward. And this will give you momentum. If you, if you simply improve by 1% a day, right, that's, that's going to create, what is it, 3,700% uh, 3, over the course of a year if, uh, in terms of the compounding principle, right? So the non-zero day is essential here to actually follow through on the big visualizations. And again, how can you incorporate the psychology here where you're not forcing yourself to behave, but you're cultivating the intrinsic motivation in the moment? So non-zero days are a key here. And I've gone over 30 minutes in this podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add one more angle that, that relates off to the non-zero days angle. And that is this concept of, and it relates to the, the psychology stuff and this merger of understanding the power of non-negotiable action while understanding the power of intrinsic motivation instead of willpower. This is empathy for the future self. I talked about like kind of remembering your previous self and the choice you made. We can also have empathy for the future self. And we can see cause and effect. We can see cost-benefit analysis. And we can avoid the entirety of the good versus bad habit paradigm. Right versus wrong action. And this is going to strip away the guilt and shame that might get triggered if you're saying that this is a good thing to do. And if I didn't do it, then I'm a bad person. The perfectionism, all this kind of stuff. You're going to make... You're going to make your mindset way more playful, and it's all just going to be about cause and effect, cost-benefit analysis, and you're not going to get stuck in this short-term chicken vision thinking because if you see it as cost-benefit and you see it as something that your future self can benefit from, so the empathy for the future self. So again, we talked earlier about seeing your 10-year vision of of raising a family with financial freedom. That is you're going to be you 10 years from now. That's what you desire. If you are, if you fall through on what you intend, then you will get to experience that bliss. Your future self will be elated with gratitude for your current self. I'll say that again. Your future self will be elated with gratitude for your current self. So that's a question to ask is, is this particular habit, this particular next step, is this something that my future self will be glad I did? Because one day your future self will simply be your present self and you want to live without regret. So if you can see your older self and love that person, and realize that that will be you. 
you can create more intrinsic motivation as well. When you're not getting up early or you're not going to the gym because it is a good thing to do, to be a good person, or because you need to get in shape. I mean, it's really a deeper feeling, a deeper motivation of, I want to experience this particular level of happiness quotient, this particular quotient of happiness in the future, this particular sensation in the future. And that will only be achieved if I have the courage to act right now. And you can integrate the future self with the current self and it becomes something that you want to do for that future self out of a sense of empathy and self-love for who you will be. Not some just short-term, chicken-visioned psychology of making yourself do something in the moment. So I hope all this riffing has been valuable to you here in 2021 as you plant seeds for the possibilities, which are enormous, enormous. But the nuts and bolts of that is the daily execution combined with the courage to dream big, combined with the philosophical and psychological curiosity so that you can incorporate new ways of being and living and acting that are really enriching to you and not getting stuck in personal growth and goal setting as a dogmatic experience that you must obey like you obey the teacher, but something that is out of born, out of pure joy and genuine intrinsic excitement taking a philosophical approach to personal development, personal development as play, a psychological approach to personal development to see that self-integration is the foundation for treating yourself with enrichment in order to become the highest version of yourself. Cheers, everybody.